Innovation Rockstars. Innovation Rockstars. Today with Dr. Clemens Caskell. Hi, and welcome back to the Innovation Rockstar interviews. My name is Chris Muroth, and in this episode, I am pleased to welcome Dr. Clemens Kaskel from the Institute for Manufacturing in the IFM at the University of Cambridge. Clemens' passion is everything innovation, and he is a renowned expert in strategic road mapping and portfolio management, as well as when it comes to implementing management processes and tools in the technology strategy of companies, of course, in a sustainable way. So Clemens, we have known each other for quite a few years now, so I am very happy that you are my guest today. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So we start with a short 60-second introduction sprint uh, of you and your work at the University of Cambridge. So we start your 60 seconds now. I'm originally an aerospace engineer, and after finishing my master's, I started my career at Rolls-Royce just outside of Berlin in Dahlewitz. Um, I then started gaining an increasing interest in manufacturing management and went back to university to complete another master's at Cambridge who've, um, that focused on the whole industry systems and management topic. After that, I went down the consulting route and started working on R&D projects in the aerospace and automotive sectors. And it was really at that point when I felt that there's sometimes a little bit of a detachment between the actual innovation work and the overarching strategies. And that's why after a few years, I then decided to, again, go back to the university, leave the consulting work and start a PhD in Cambridge to dig into the area of technology and innovation in enough detail to really understand how to help organizations make that better for themselves. Perfect. All right. Thanks. Great summary. Now, next, uh, let's have three questions and three answers by you. So the first question or the first sentence is, recently, I was inspired by? I was inspired by many things, and it's really hard to nail that down. But essentially, what inspires me is companies who put sustainability first. Okay, great answer. Now, number two, uh, so far, virtually no one at the University of Cambridge knows that I? So far, virtually no one there knows that I'm actually a co-founder of a fintech. Great. All right. So I think by now they know. <laughs> And let's go to number three. Um, so question number three or sentence number three starts with the next big disruption will be? There's a lot of burning issues in this world that I haven't been aware of before. So this entire notion about sustainability is becoming real. It's no longer something that's talked um, at a high level, but something that people start feeling and thinking. And I think that is going to be the next disruption that sustainability makes its way into every single person's life, not just at a corporate level, but every individual person is starting to think about it more and more. Great answer. Thanks for that. All right. So now, you know, in this episode, it's all about road mapping and it will be all about sustainability too. Uh, so let us start with the basics of road mapping first. So very simple question, but actually the answer might be not that simple, right? So what, Clemens, what is road mapping actually? Hmm. Road mapping is essentially something, call it 
a tool, a process, depends on what level you're looking at it. But it's something that provides you a powerful and practical means of addressing the very common pain point that we find in industry. Bringing clarity into the organization and aligning strategy, long-term planning, innovation, and foresight activities. Because this is something that's always talked about, always considered by quite often different teams, different people. And road mapping brings all of this together into one coherent strategy. And it's not something that's new. This approach has been around for decades and it's been pioneered by companies like Motorola, BP and Philips. I mean, even NASA has used it or is using it. But then when it comes to strategy, it's something that not many people actually know about. So we find it in the technology domain, a little bit in product management, but hardly at a corporate level. And if you're doing an MBA course, you probably never even hear about it inside of your MBA course. So it's something that kind of flies under the radar. And once you actually use it in your organization, it can bring tremendous benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. And when, you know, how, how does it work? Can you, I mean, that's, you know, rather you know, a complex set of activities and an organization behind and all that stuff. But ca can you just, you know, maybe summarize on a, on a somewhat high level how, how exactly road mapping works? Road mapping is actually quite simple. I mean, initially, think about it as strategy visualized and explained on one page. One canvas that contains everything you need to know about your strategy. The power behind that is that It shows you what your pain points are and at the same time raises the question, what measures are we putting in place to actually address it? And what resources do we need? Who do we need to get into the game? And all of that on a timeline. And as the scope extends or as you drill in, obviously you may want to create another roadmap or combine multiple roadmaps into one higher level, but that's further down the line. But either way, the beauty of it is that whenever you're creating additional roadmaps, they're not standalone documents because in this whole approach of roadmapping, everything is connected. So when you, for example, drilling down and say, let's create a technology roadmap for a particular division that we're having, there should be very direct tie-in points with your product roadmap. And your product roadmap should very directly tie into your corporate roadmap so that in the end, you have a full transparency of your strategy across your firm which not only makes it ideal for you to actually develop it because you understand when you're linking it up, why am I doing something? But also it allows you to very easily communicate it afterwards so that the people who actually have to then execute it know why they're doing it. That, that's, a, that's a good, by the way, that, that's a great thing. When, and when you say by the people that actually execute it, do, do you think... You know, is it more a top-down activity? Is it more a bottom-up activity? Is it both? What would you say? It's both and nothing depending on the organization. And when we're talking about a roadmap, we're essentially trying to answer six questions. First of all, why do we even want to do something? Why is business as usual no longer possible? So, for example, there are particular aims that we have with the organization or there are certain things happening in our strategic ecosystem new competitors joining, people's behaviors changing, um, something that triggers us to do something different. Then we need to understand where do we want to go and then understand, well, where are we now? If you want to go somewhere, what is our starting point? Then we think, what could we actually do to move from here to our chosen future? 
And what are the individual steps of doing it? And things cost money. What are the resources and what is really, well, the resource and the capability that we need to put into it? And now you need to start thinking, do I start at the top or the bottom? So sometimes we are very clear about what our technological capability in the firm is. And we are very technology-driven companies, what we call technology push. Then we can start at the bottom and say, based on a particular IP that we have in the firm or a particular technology base, we can achieve certain things and we work our way up. We might also come from the other side and say, in the market, we are observing a certain pain point. Our customers want something that isn't available or a legislation is coming in that tells us we have to do manufacturing in a different way to comply with certain regulations. What do we need to do on the product level or the technology level to actually comply with that? So we're working our way down. What we find is that for simplicity, quite often we start from the top because it's much easier or much more target oriented to actually listen to a pain point and think about different ways to address that one because it's not just a new product we might introduce but maybe play with business model innovation and introduce a service rather than a product. It gives us more flexibility. And, and who should be involved, right? So who is typically involved um, and what point of the process? Well, the biggest challenge you have is that you don't involve enough people. So I'd like to tell my clients that if you're not sure, should a certain role or person be involved, invite them. Um, and if they get bored, then can always leave the room. But essentially what we need is definitely senior management support here because we're talking strategy. And whenever we're talking strategy, we need to have the backing from the organization to not only drive it forward, but to also ensure that people put enough effort and time into it to make all of this work. The worst thing is when the senior leadership is not convinced by roadmapping or any other form of strategizing activity, and you turn up to the workshops and half of the senior management couldn't be asked to turn up because their business as usual got in the way and they say, oh, it's just another activity. So we need the senior leadership um, most importantly here. But then it's about bringing in cross-functional experts. Even if we are working on a technology roadmap, we cannot rely on just having technology-savvy people in the room because quite likely they might not understand the product platforms or even the product strategy. They might not understand the pain points of the consumers. They might not understand the financial planning of the firm and not because they are not smart enough to do that, but it's not part of their role. Nobody is communicating with that with them. And that would mean that the strategy that they create is solely based on their understanding. So we really need to have this cross-functional involvement. Got it. So it's a great way not only you know to align, uh, but also for innovation at the end of the day. Um, so that that's nice here. Now, <laughs> Clemens, you know, the other day I was Googling you uh, and then I looked at the result from, from page two onwards because, you know, simply because no one looks there anymore. Uh, and I came across an interesting quote from you on a website on a magazine called themanufacturer.com. Uh, I guess it was from 2018. Um, and, you know, your quote basically goes like this, and I'm now reading the quote. So you said, uh, we regularly find 
that organizations undertake an annual strategy exercise, and you put strategy in quotes, um, and then create a strategic roadmap, but then do not implement the objectives fully or thoughtfully. So they end up repeating the same exercise the next year, coming to the same conclusions, highlighting the same challenges again, end of quote. Now, to me personally, that sounds bad. I mean, really bad. Now, the question is, how bad is it actually? And how can this be solved? Mm. That's actually an article I wrote together with my colleague, John Seiss, who was one of the chief technology officers at NASA. He then joined our consulting team at Cambridge. So the problem that we're seeing is that quite often strategy can be a bit of a dull topic or a detached topic for some. You know, the kind of thing that upper management talks about, where you talk about synergies and portfolio optimization and all those other buzzwords. Right, yeah. And right. that essentially means that the normal person, someone who's working in R&D, who leads a team, they're not interested in that. They just want to have a task, work it off, and essentially reach their goals. So the challenge here is, how do we actually get them involved and excited about it. Because one of the things that we want to avoid, but that is unfortunately happening quite often, is that once a year, emails are sent out saying, please send me your current capabilities, the current projects you're working on, and you're creating a lot of PowerPoints. You send them on to some senior management role, and then they crunch the data and at some point relay some bit of information to you and say, our updated innovation strategy is X, Y, Z. Yeah, the annual strategy and innovation creation process, right? <laughs> exactly. And then you're faced with it and say, right, okay, well, I have a lot of other things on my plate. I look at that in a couple of months when it's more urgent. And then essentially over the year, not much happens because, you know, we all know what it's like in R&D. We're trying to put out little bits of fire here and there. And the strategy kind of slides to the back. And what we need really is more passion. We need more drive to avoid this business as usual taking over and repeating the same exercise. I mean, don't get me wrong, when I'm working consultancy and the client is coming back to me and says, Clemens, we need you to do the same thing again next year. I'm the last one to complain. However, even for me as consultant, it's a bit disappointing when essentially we have to repeat the exercise. And our research colleagues, they say, Clemens, what are you doing with your clients that they still need your help with the same topic? Have you done a bad job? And that is not nice for anyone. So what we try to do quite actively is to change it, to bring more change management into the way in which strategy is made, road mapping is, um, is carried out. So that first of all, even if they run another strategy cycle in a year, I don't have to be involved anymore because they have learned how to do it. You know, I transfer the methods to them. They know how to do it. They ask me more difficult questions next time. It's fun for everyone. And also, one of the things we have to bear in mind here, we need to run the strategy so that it's no longer this detached, you tell me what you have, I tell you what to do kind of approach, but rather where we are involving the different stakeholders from product management, R&D, um, from anywhere in the organization in the process, so that they are part of the team that actually creates the strategies. I mean, not at the high level, but for the areas where they can create strategies, because then it's no longer 
the top-level strategy from higher management, but is the strategy that they have created, is the strategy that they have worked on, that they discussed, they agreed on, and now I don't have to tell them, please carry it out, because they've put in the things that they feel is critical for the firm, the things that they feel they need to work on to make this successful, because they're all interested in making the company successful. So that's probably right how you set up road mapping the the right way and also the professional way. But you know how do you you know constantly learn and improve? Do you make this still a continuous process, or how how do you you know achieve getting better over time and also being more aligned with all the different stakeholders and the diverse teams that you involve? That's a good question. It's something that we've looked at from the research side for quite a while. And my colleague Rob Fahl, who's director at research in Cambridge and has worked on road mapping for over 20 years now, he actually found a really simple way of doing it. He's calling it road mapping, road mapping. Or road mapping, road mapping. R squared. <laughs> it's essentially where we are using the whole road mapping methodology, the, the approach, and we are leading our clients, our partners, through a very tightly facilitated road mapping process, where we're essentially following the same process we would do for making an innovation strategy or making a product strategy, but this time creating a strategy of how to implement road mapping, very often in combination with revising the entire innovation ecosystem inside of the firm. And that means we're looking at some of the really important topics such as what is the innovation maturity, how do we move on from that, what kind of stakeholders from inside the firm do we need to have involved at what points, and most importantly, why do you even want to do road mapping? Because nobody should say, my strategy is bad, I want to do road mapping. Road mapping is not the answer, but road mapping is the tool or the process, depending on at the level, that allows you to reach a better innovation system, but not because it's there, but because it's configured in a certain way that it addresses your real pain point, which could, for example, be we do not have enough research happening in a certain area or our new innovation takes too long to do. Then we can use road mapping for figuring out how can we make that better. But the roadmap itself is not the answer. It just helps you get the answer. Oh, that's great to have your advocacy on this topic. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is the University of Cambridge actually doing road mapping? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> no, we actually, um, we're actually doing road mapping at various fields. We're doing it inside of our institute. The university has just released some higher level roadmaps. So we're big advocates of it. We're trying to squeeze it in anywhere. And whether we believe it or not, we actually use road mapping for really trivial things as well. So with one of my clients, I was working with them for a couple of weeks in China on site. And we thought, you know, change management is really important. Let's make sure that everyone is keen on this one because I was working very closely with them for several weeks and lots of workshops, a lot of work on these guys. And we said, let's have a corporate barbecue for them. And then we actually used road mapping for creating the strategy as well as the logistics for that barbecue, which may sound silly at first, but it actually it, it shows how simple this approach can be if it's used correctly, because there we said essentially, well, why do we want to have a barbecue? It's not 
to feed people. They have food everywhere. But it's for increasing the communication between different hierarchies who normally don't talk, um, increasing motivation, giving them something back for their efforts and making them feel appreciated, which then leads us to the question, well, what do we actually want to do? Because just grilling something isn't the key thing. There need to be some games involved. There need to be some social activities. There needs to be some music. And then we need to think, well, what are the resources for making that work? Who's taking care of what? What kind of supply chains do we need to put in place to make sure that this party is actually working well? So it's the same question that we're asking ourselves at the corporate level that we're asking ourselves for a barbecue, just at a different level of granularity. So I, I love that. So we have two things, road mapping, road mapping, and also, you know, a playful approach, uh, for example, you know, to, to introduce road mapping, which is creating a, I, I don't know if it's strategic roadmap, but still a roadmap to the success of a company at barbecue. So that's a great and a playful way um, to introduce that methodology. Now, you know, Clemens, th that I have you here, let's get some pro tricks. Uh, right. So I have a question. So what, what is kind of the one mistake that you should avoid at all costs and why? It's the typical thing of going from zero to hero in one attempt. It's so easy to develop a strategy that is really high level, super complex and either difficult to implement, really expensive or really risky. And it's... <sighs> Organizations automatically get there if you don't contain them. It's this scope creep that we always see that we're just trying to develop a simple technology strategy and then someone says, yes, but, yeah, oh no, what now? We also need to take into consideration. And then it just um, derails and you end up with something that is not doable, at least not in a time frame where people actually notice something has been done. Because if we're looking at change management, people need to have small wins. We can't just create a strategy where we have the first payback, um, whether it's financial or motivational, after a couple of years. So we need something quick. And this is why it's important to really focus on pain points that you can address in terms of minimum viable products, or as we sometimes um, say, just have some minimum viable projects. The kind of smallest thing you can do to make that strategy work, to push you a little bit further here. Yeah, that's great. And, and you know, by the way, just to, to address the MVP, so we do have the same discussions internally, right? And we often like to term the coin minimal lovable product, like right? As, as, at least in our business, yeah, because we say, well, sure, it's viable, but you know, do our clients and the partners we're working with actually love that? Does it stick? But it's coming down to the same same discussion. Uh, and, um, you know, um, it, it's really easy to get, you know, kind of lost in translation, lost in discussion, and then also, uh, you know, address just really fundamental questions, but that actually do not, um, you know, help in making the step further, right? Is that also what you see when, you know, your clients and your partners start having these very basic discussions rather than just grabbing the low-hanging fruits for the next steps in product or in strategy? Exactly. And I think this is really where road mapping comes into its own. Because when we are looking at our strategy on a timeline, then at the end of the timeline, we have our big vision, which often is a bit fluffy, like really far-fetched. And then we break it down into some tangible goals And we distribute those goals along the timeline and really figure out, well, like you say, what are the low hanging fruits? What can we quickly achieve? 
even within the next half year, maybe. And then what are the more complicated things we need to solve for which we need external support, additional resources. We need to maybe reshuffle our divisions in order to get the biggest benefit or do some spin out innovation center to do that. Those are the things further down the line, but on a roadmap, we see all of that. And further down the line, things are a bit fluffy because we might not know exactly what to do yet, but we can already start exploring that and work with different scenarios. And then as it comes closer, decide on one of them and push it forward. And it's really this, the simple transparency that road mapping provides us that reminds people, what is it that they should really be focusing on right now? Right. So, you know, and is there any, you know, the, the one growth hack with the most leverage that kind of leads to quick success? Can, can you give any advice on that? The quickest success you have if you actually keep iterating it and most importantly, have fun playing with road mapping. I mean, there are, there are so many different variants of roadmaps out there. Rob from the IFM, he once analyzed, I think it was about 700 different roadmaps and then wrote a paper about the classification of those different roadmaps. And it just shows that every company is doing it differently. And that's why we have an idea of how it should be done, but it needs to be adapted to every firm. And that is not something where someone from outside can come in and say, dear company XYZ, um, global conglomerate, that is how you need to do road mapping. But for the company, it needs to be a bit of an exploration and they won't get it 100% right first time. So if they say we expect to pick up road mapping and after three months have the perfect roadmap that lasts us for the next 10 years, I can tell you already this is failing. If an organization says, I'm going into some pilot projects, I play with it in different divisions, figure out what worked, what didn't work, and then bring everyone together to define how road mapping could work for everyone. That is the approach that I like. And essentially, it's where we then coming back to our road mapping, road mapping at a later stage where we say, what are the learnings from your first trial applications? Did you maybe realize how you needed to have a digital solution to help you with that or the solution they currently have in place doesn't work? Did you feel that you didn't have the right stakeholders? If not, why weren't they available? And we can really iterate it and push it forward. And that only works if the organization is open-minded. So if you have, for example, this grumpy senior leadership that says, I'm spending money on something and I want an immediate return and this failure yeah. mode what's is the ROI? there. But that right, that's see... a typical question. Hey, what's the ROI of doing road mapping? Tell me. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, road mapping <laughs> to some extent can be compared um, to this whole approach that we use in Lean Startup, where we say any money we're paying for something, if it didn't work, it's not wasted money. It's the money we had to pay for the learning experience. And if we are making the effort of changing our company's strategy or developing a new strategy with a new approach, then please do not take it as something set in stone after your first iteration, but be open-minded and willing to iterate it until it fits your organization. You will get there. You will feel um, positive outputs straight from the beginning, 
but it's not the final tweak. Now let's talk about trends for a moment. Uh, you know, what, what trends do you see in, in roadmapping as general? Well, the, the biggest trend right now is obviously the whole topic of digitalization and that is touching roadmapping as well. We've seen that with remote working, we couldn't run those workshops. So digital solutions had to be put in place to make that work. And suddenly the organizations woke up and said, ooh, digital roadmaps, digital strategy. And now it's the time for suppliers of those software solutions to really fill this gap that was created. And that is not just for having software solutions in, in workshops, but for really now spanning this demand that organizations have, now that they've tasted digital, of connecting up their strategies across different hierarchy levels, across different divisions, and having those software solutions in place that have those tie-in points that create the transparency and visibility here. But I also think that road mapping is opening into another area, which is sustainability projects. Because organizations are now facing the challenge, what do we actually do in terms of sustainability? Where do we get started? And with the simplicity of road mapping, it's just the ideal tool to help you with that. All right. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think this actually, you know, connects to what you said earlier um, in the interview where you said one of the you know biggest disruptions we had is actually the new normal, the new reality. Right. But but let's stay with the topic of sustainability. Uh, so road mapping meets sustainability for a while. You know, um, I, I can tell at least, you know, from my experience with increasing frequency, we do hear statements such as, yeah, we have to become more sustainable now. Or we align everything with sustainability now. Or we know we do not do any greenwashing and so on. Can you, you know, can you elaborate a bit on this? How does road mapping and sustainability uh, actually go together? Um, they go together really well. So think about your typical organization that wants to become more sustainable. There's, there, there are a lot of different routes they can take because sustainability is more than looking at your CO2 output. It could be about energy efficiency, it could be about clean water, reduced pollution, or even about the gender equality or well-being of employees. The United Nations, they actually outlined 17 sustainable development goals, SDGs, as they're abbreviated. And those goals, they cover quite a broad realm. And a lot of organizations now pick up on these and try to essentially form their strategies around those 17 sustainability goals. But because there are so many, and just to give a bit of background here, so those 17 sustainability goals together, they have hundreds of sub-targets. So where do you actually get started? How do you realize which one best fits with what you aim to do? Which ones can you address quickly and easily and which ones take a bit more work? So by actually using road mapping for your sustainable activities here, we can pick up on them and not only understand what do we need to put in place to address one of those goals, but most importantly, we can understand how we actually connect them with our innovation system to ensure, for example, that our future product iterations are taking the necessary steps for making steps towards a more sustainable future. Because not just that we say we put, um, we put a new exhaust system in place 
And by that, we are reducing our CO2 emissions. The question should be, do we still need an exhaust system? Or could we recycle the gases to fulfill another benefit that we previously didn't have? So it's really looking at the value chain, the values lost, the values captured, and understanding how does my innovation change as a whole now that I have to have sustainability in the back of my mind. Yeah, that, that now, you know, can, can we make this a bit more uh, concrete? Can, can you take us through a concrete example, for example, how to use road mapping, you know, aligning in a company, a firm, an organization to a new direction, Let, let's say becoming more sustainable? Because, you, you know, in most cases, uh, you do not start from scratch. That That's not a green field, right? But you do find a complex structure of existing strategies, tactics, operations, initiatives, R&D, innovation programs, and so on in firms, in companies. So now this sounds like a big change project to me. So what's, what's the best way to do that? Can you just run us through an example? Let's say you are a manufacturing firm and you're looking for creating your new strategy. Now, the typical thing that everyone does is say, we've done something For 10 years, it's always worked well, but we need to be more sustainable. Let's pick up the CO2 topic because it's one of the simpler ones and everyone's talking about is really visible. And let's set a strategy to reduce our CO2 output by X percent in 2025 or 2030. Now, what we can do is start roadmapping that and say target has been set, X percent reduction, Let's actually break this down and say vision is X percent. Halfway through, we maybe want half of that as an intermediate goal because we want some quick wins. Now we can go out and understand what we actually have to do here. Is it that we need to change our product strategy? Is it that we need to change our manufacturing strategy? Um, R&D to look at new materials. But essentially, we're always just looking at What can we do? What's out there in the market or what will be in the market to help us achieve our goals? And what do we need to do to put those different things into place? That is the most simple way to get started, but it actually gets far more exciting when you're not just seeing this one as a standalone topic and you're now drilling into different areas of your firm, like a product strategy or like the R&D strategy and actually look at the step-by-step sorry, the step-by-step -step alignment that you want to have and say, okay, we said X percent in 10 years, half of that in five years. Now, how does this actually align with the new product generations we're throwing on the market? Now, how does this align to the materials we're using inside of them and our business models? And let's find a way that maybe we don't even have to buy those technologies to reduce our CO2 output because we're completely changing our portfolio of products or of technologies that we don't even need to do that. So what if we completely change our manufacturing approach? What, is, what if we change our product platform, for example, to no longer run on fossil fuels, but on electricity? Then we don't need to look at technologies for reducing um, the CO2 emissions of fossil fuels, but we can go a completely different route. But it's, that is not something that would come to us if we're taking the CO2 reduction topic as a standalone. 
And really by looking at those different development roadmaps that you're having in the firm and iterating between them, we can have a much, much bigger impact here. And we like to use something that we refer to as the Cambridge Value Mapping Tool, which is from our Center for Industrial Sustainability. It's a very simple tool, again, asking a couple of questions. For example, well, where do you actually capture value? You know, you give something to someone and they pay you for it. And where do you destroy value? You're doing something and no one's paying you for it. So, for example, in the chemical industry, you're doing some chemical stuff. Sorry, I'm not a chemist here, but you're doing some chemical stuff and you're creating certain gases that are your waste. Well, you might realize that another industry is actually willing to pay for those gases. So rather than binning them and disposing of them in a sustainable way, you might actually get someone else to give you money for them and you create a completely new value opportunity here, a completely new value chain, if you like. And that is really where road mapping brings all of this together because you have this visibility of what is planned, what could happen, and you get all those stakeholders together to discuss this topic with one goal in mind, making the company more sustainable while earning money doing it. And this is the key driver here for the organizations where they all get on board. It's not that we say we need to spend money on making the organization sustainable, but let's make it sustainable by actually reducing waste, finding new value streams for the stuff that otherwise we would have to bin and essentially optimizing everything that we do across the entire organization. Now, that's a great mindset. Uh, and thanks for the, the real life examples and, and bringing clarity to the topics discussed. So, okay, now I get that this is the connection between, you know, road mapping and sustainability. Uh, in that case, um, and yeah, you know, Clemens, it's a real pleasure to talk to a real expert on road mapping. And also thanks for sharing your uh, and, and the University of Cambridge's experiences and also formats um, of that. Now, we have kind of already reached the end of this episode, but really, Clemens, before we wrap up uh, this um, interview with you, um, I'm interested in your answer to our recurring question, uh, which goes like this. So when, when you look back on your career so far, what, what has been your greatest innovation rockstar moment? M maybe it was connected with road mapping, I assume. Oh, there's always road mapping in everything I do. So the greatest moment for me was actually the last year in our startup. Because, you know, I've worked with organizations all over the place But whenever they are successful, it's their success, it's not mine. And in our startup last year, we found a really hot product market fit after quite a few pivots. And that's when it was this really great feeling of satisfaction that all this innovation work, all those iterations paid off, the strategies worked, and you're left with this feeling that you've hit the nail on the head. And not just for someone else, But in that case, for myself. So that was a great feeling. That sounds very exciting. Sounds like a true rock star moment. And with that, we have reached the end of this episode. Clemens, thank you very much once again for sharing your experience on innovation, on technology, on road mapping, and all the associated topics, also on change and change management. It was very pleasant to listen to you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. 
And to everybody listening or watching, if you want to learn more about road mapping, simply leave us a comment in this episode or just drop us an email at info at innovation-rockstars.show. And that's it. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Innovation Rockstars. This was Dr. Clemens Caskell. If you want to dive deeper into the topic of road mapping and innovation, or if you'd simply like to give us feedback on this episode, just email us at info at innovationrockstars.show. For more inspiring innovation stories, visit our website at www.innovationrockstars.show or browse through our Innovation Rockstars channel on all major podcast platforms. 